pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? So great. How are you? Doing great. So fun. Rocking and rolling. We are. We're nearing the end of the book. How about it? I know. Chapter 16. What do you have written in the back? Um, so what's super cool is this oh, is people's names. Oh, I do. Yep. Oh yeah. These uh, are all the people, people the that were in my book. This is the very first copy of my book ever in the history of ever. Isn't that cool? I love it. I do too. So this is fun. This is chapter 16. It's not always what you see. Yes. It's not always what you see. And it is my favorite chapter. <laughs> now I'm wondering if you've even read the book. I, I've had it read to me. I know. You know what? Now You cannot pretend that I did not read it. I think you should listen to it on Audible. I know. Congratulations on that. Go ahead and purchase it. It's now been out for five months. So go ahead and purchase it, babe. Audiobooks are the best. Yes. So you talk in this chapter 16, It's Not Always What You See, which is a great title. Mm Mm-hmm. You talk again about comparison. You dive a little deeper this time into what it does to us and and when we choose to compare Mm -hmm. this makes me laugh a little now because we were headed to hawaii you were crying on the airplane but it was not what people (laughs) saw yeah catch us up to speed on that (laughs) do you remember this i mean oh yeah i was ready to go shark diving and oh my gosh the trip of our life and (laughs) you were not having it Right. So from the outside, it looked like you and I were headed off to Hawaii. Well, we were headed off to Hawaii. But I think I didn't feel bad going to the airport. Once we got in the airplane, I swear I caught the flu from somebody who passed by. And it was like onset of terrible symptoms immediately. And it happened between my ears. And I couldn't get my ears to pop. And I'm a grown woman crying on the airplane. It was miserable. And I felt... I actually don't know if I've ever felt so sick in my life as I did then. However, what was so interesting is when we got off the plane, you know, we got the Hawaiian lays put around us. It's beautiful palm trees. We snap a picture. It goes on social media, having fun in Hawaii, when really that was the furthest thing from the truth. It was not even kind of fun. I was having fun. Well, at that moment, it wasn't. The (laughs) trip as a whole ended up being fun, but I was sick in bed for two of the seven days or five days that we were there. Um, But I think I remember thinking not during the moment, but people were like, Oh my gosh, so fun. You're having such a great time. And I do believe that back to what Brandon Bray, our friend at Chick-fil-A says, like the story I'm telling myself, if anybody was to tell us a story about us in that moment, they'd be like, Sarah and Adam are on a trip. They got to go to Hawaii. They're so lucky. They're having the time of their life. When the real story was Sarah and Adam, Adam had a work trip. He brought Sarah along. Sarah gets sick and is in bed in the flu and she feels so terrible. Adam came to check on her. 
and Sarah's head was pounding and Adam asked if she wanted to go shark diving and she nearly clawed him like a lion attacks something. So instead I decided to go surf with the locals without knowing how to surf. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what I guess my point of the story is, is that um, we made it look a lot different on social media, not intentionally. It was very, very unintentionally, but it's, it looked a lot different than what you see on social media. Um, so I think that's, I don't know. I think that happens quite a bit. Yeah. And you talk that a lot of women, uh, in particular deal with this and comparing their lives to, to what you see online. Yeah. How have you learned to move away from this? Yeah. You know, I think it was just evident to me, the more I would talk to people, um, the more I realize how damaging it can be to really play that comparison game and how shallow it is. And so I think back to what I've talked about a million, million times is celebrating, you know, celebrating where people are and to not allow yourself to create a story that you believe is happening because I think we all do that. Like, man, she must have the best marriage with the best kids and endless amounts of money and blah, 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 because she's always doing this or whatever that may look like. Um, that's not always the truth. And so allowing ourselves to be grounded in what's going on in our real life and really not consumed so much with what other people are doing, but more what their heart is. And, um, here I am talking about my friend Leslie Fiscus again, but she made a post a while back about how, you know, she was in my accountability group a while ago and she was saying, um, that she had gone through, um, postpartum depression, depression, and she felt like she was dying inside and she talked to her husband about it recently. So this was, you know, her son's 15. So it was 15 years ago. And he was like, really? I had no idea. And I think that's such a woman to act like we have it all together. Cause we don't want to be a drag. We don't want to be, you know, I don't know the source of pain for people. So we bottle it all up and put it inside until we're nearly about to break. And so, um, but I think a lot of comparison and looking at what other people have and do makes it pretty difficult to, instead of just being real and honest with where we are. So everybody has a purpose, you know, and, um, I guess, I don't know, that's part of it is not hiding it. Yeah. And I think, uh, one of the things that we talk a lot about that we have learned over time is get to know me and I'll disappoint you <laughs> yes. kind of thing. And a lot of times um, we've noticed that I shouldn't call people out. I don't have good examples, but the, uh, <laughs> I'm like, don't call somebody out. But the thought of like, when we were going through you writing this book and thinking like, man, they got it all together. And mm-hmm. then you uh, really dig into it and, and find out they didn't have it all together. Right. And, uh, and, kind of what you see on social media it Mm -hmm. it looks like um, all roses and Mm -hmm. it's not always that way so yeah comparing without knowing all the information yeah usually once you start getting all the information you get disappointed yeah you do and I think you know I always talk about like people will find you by like the shiny stuff that you post or something, but really where they relate to you is the nitty gritty of the hardness. You know, I remember being super disappointed when I was writing my book. Um, maybe not the writing process, but when I really was talking to other people about 
where they go and where they are. And I had a conversation with the lady and I know you're going to remember this. I was so defeated. So she, and maybe she had more. I don't, I don't really believe this was true, but I believed it for a long time as she said, yeah, I just did a proposal and I got a $300,000 book deal. And I was like, oh my gosh. So that's what these book deals look like. And we started believing that. And then when I was talking to publishing companies, it wasn't nearly that. And she and I, you know, there wasn't much difference, I would say, but there I was comparing. And then I was frustrated that I wasn't in the same level. And then come to find out that wasn't even her level. It was like, she made that up maybe to make herself feel better. And it was like, so all those thoughts and emotions were all for nothing, you know? And then I was disappointed in the whole process. So, um, not to say that people lie, but it was an experience that I had that was, you know, really crazy. So anyways, so good. One of the, I love all your illustrations in your book. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me that one of, uh, the best ones that you, you, you did not draw, but you had drawn <laughs> from your mind. Yep. Was the two families kind of standing there. Um, I think one had big binoculars mm-hmm. and uh, the other with confetti all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love that one. <laughs> I actually did draw it and then Elena drew it way better than yeah, me. Yeah, it looks way better that way. <laughs> yeah, so I have these stick figures. And if you have the book, it's on page 242. And it says, avoid distractions. Grow where God has planted you. And I love this. So one of the families, the faces are all frowns as they're looking at another family really celebrating life. And I think if we can quit looking at the left and the right and you know, we've said this before, but taking care of your plot of land, taking care of the the life that God has given you, we, we spend so much time comparing everybody's everything and um, not really realizing where we are. And so I feel like it's so important to do that. And instead of um, throwing criticism people's way to throw confetti at people and, um, really be excited for where people are. You know, it's your own life. It's your family. It's your stories. It's your, um, narrative in your life and don't allow comparison to take away the gift that God has given you. And I think that's just an important reminder, um, as you know, as you're moving forward, that comparison is just going to steal so much from you. Um, and so, I don't know. I like, I really like that image. You know, I, um, every now and then get opportunities to talk to sports management classes or business classes. And uh, that's a great example. I need to bring that um, image next time to, mm-hmm. to show people. But um, one of the things that I feel like I, right when I got to the Nashville Sounds, I remember uh, we were kind of having some turnover on a few different areas. And, and um, I remember one of our sales reps, uh, left and went to the Preds mm-hmm. and uh, she was a great sales rep went to the Preds like two weeks after I got there and then next thing I knew a bunch of people were like oh I think I want to work for the Preds and yeah. so then we lost uh, another sales rep and then and then that same girl went to Top Golf mm-hmm. and became selling at Top Golf which was brand new in in Nashville and then everybody uh, was like oh I think I want to work for Top Golf and uh there's such a danger to watching LinkedIn and uh, mm-hmm. comparing yourself to other people's journey. And, and we talked 
couple episodes ago about uh, watering where our feet are mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and making the best at where we are in the moment and yeah. um, and and I think I still I'm in my dream job but mm-hmm. I still uh, just the other day came across a, an old friend named John Willie that I haven't heard from in a while but he was general manager for a couple teams and kind of on the same path and now he's vice president of corporate sales for the New York Jets. Wow. And I was like, yeah, yeah I should do that. And uh, <laughs> But I was like, no, that's not what I want. Like, mm-hmm. I love um, leading and being in charge of, of a team, and um, that's his journey, not my journey. But you look at LinkedIn and you're like, oh, let's, yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> but but it's not always what it what it's made out to be. So question with that. Did you congratulate him or celebrate him or throw confetti at him? I thought about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So maybe I will go on. I don't even know that it's a new job. I just hadn't heard from him in a while and looked at what he was doing. So if you think I will go on now and confetti him. Confetti him. But Adam, like if we talk about the megaphone, you can compare, you can celebrate, or you can throw confetti. So celebration comes with just responding to his post, but confetti comes by actually a handwritten note in the mail to him. So I challenge you that. That would take him by surprise. <laughs> it just took you by surprise. Yeah. I don't even know if I have his cell phone number. So Oh, that actually says a lot. So actually, can I ask you a question? Are you actually friends with him? Because you have every single person on the planet's cell phone that you've ever even looked at. Uh, I would consider him a best friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what Adam does. Be careful if Adam calls you his best friend because... Everybody is Adam's best friend. He'll be like, my best friend in, where did they live? What is their name? Where, like, no, it doesn't work. How about it? John Willie. John Willie. You can call him at 860 Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, that was the start, but. Okay, but you really do have, okay, so now I think we should take action and say, John Willie, what is your address? Hey, bud, saw your job. What about your address? Yeah. Okay. Way to go. All right. So we're going to follow up on that. So Proud of you. Yes. Yes. Proud of you, dude. Hey, I was going to um, share something that I was reading in the Bible. You and I actually have had this conversation before it because I think it's so crazy. You know, the story, one of the famous stories in the Bible is, okay, Adam's distracted. He is texting John Willie. I am. I did tell you, you just challenged me too. I know. Okay. Can you, can you do two things at once? Can you listen and text John Willie? I feel like John Willie's on uh, Duck Dynasty. You made my text significantly shorter. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, read it to us. What does it say? Saw you work for the Jets now. Congrats, bud. Noose. Wow. I I don't think that's confetti. I think that's just congratulations. Well, it was about to be confetti, and then it... You know, the cool thing about confetti is now when you text, you can actually make confetti go. Is that dorky for boys to do? It sounds like it. Oh my gosh. I love it when people do like fireworks or confetti or balloons. It like makes my text so much happier. You know, Troy Smith does that to me a lot. Oh, so he that's kinda not over confetti's things. Troy Smith over confetti's things? Oh, I think Troy no wonder I like Troy so much. Yeah. I like his over confettiness. Okay, but back to what I was saying is you know in the Bible one of the very famous stories is Jesus is feeding five thousand. Do you know what's really crazy about that? Yes. Yeah, because I've talked to you about this because it. But you can say it instead of me. Okay, so then, like the next day, 
he feeds 4,000. And then like a few days later, he asks the disciples to help him feed again. And they're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, man, how is it that the feeding 5,000 is so significant where the other two aren't really, they're noted, obviously they're in the Bible, but they're not preached about a lot. But I was thinking about this, that sometimes it's not always seen or remembered the things that we do. And so I think throwing confetti on people like had been, had Jesus gotten confetti on him, not just for the 5,000, but the 4,000 and the other, I think that would be significant. Because the third time was 3,000, right? No, the third time Jesus is kind of like, seriously, guys, you don't know how we're going to do this again. Because they were, once again, the disciples were like, well, how are we going to do this? So I think that's amazing too, thinking about God working in our life is Jesus has performed miracles in your life and opened doors and closed doors and had you meet the right people. And then you come up in a new season, in a new situation and wonder how it's going to do it again. That's exactly what the disciples did. They're like, okay, they've already seen him feed 5,000 plus. And then they're like, well, how are we going to feed 4,000? It's like God always provides. I don't know. I just think that's really significant. And it is funny that we you pointed it out um, a while ago and then we were at church, and Pastor Greg was telling that story, but then didn't talk about the 4,000. I know. I think... I think it is very overlooked. It is overlooked, but just to, a reminder that God constantly shows up, but sometimes we forget what he's done just the day before. Crazy. So, crazy. I know. So chapter um, 16. Wow. It's not always what you see. Not always what you see. Yeah. And a uh, great chapter, great reminder. Favorite chapter? Favorite chapter, hands down. (laughs) I love you, bud. Love you. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place. And to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.